0: Welcome to the podcast series of the UNESCO Chair in Refugee Integration through Languages and the Arts. We bring you sounds to engage with you and
1: invite you to think with us. Welcome to day three and the last day of Unsettled Objects. So day three covers fragmentation and dispersal because objects are often in museum collections are often incomplete collections can be dispersed and fragmented as well across the world and in different museums but objects are often need to be reunited, reunited to become whole with their cultures often if they're sacred objects they often require song or stories or legends to bring them to life we're starting with a presentation on The Caring and Sharing, Curating the Cultural Collections in the University of Aberdeen. And this is going to be a discussion between Neil Curtis from Aberdeen University and Eve Haddo from Queensland, Brisbane. And uh, Neil is the Head of Museums and Special Collections at the University of Aberdeen. Now Neil, I wondered if you could explain a little bit more about yourself and your collections.
0: As my job title implies, I'm responsible for the museum collections and also the archives and the rare books in in the university. And it is a very large and very diverse collection. I mean, obviously, at its heart, um, it has the the history of the northeast of Scotland. So there's a lot of local material, but then, of course, people from the northeast of Scotland travelled all over the world, so it's very much a record of Aberdonian involvement in the British Empire. So there's a, it's a basically it's a, a you know a typical large colonial collection. My personal background, I mean, I started with doing Scottish archaeology, so I, I came an, in at it from the local, and have always been interested in the way that the local is part of the global, but I gradually became responsible for the museum collections from around the world, and that started giving me a very different view on you know on the world on collections and in the way that the so-called objects that we have are so unsettled. So what I was going to do today is sort of talk through some of the things that we've been doing in Aberdeen, focusing particularly on the North American cultural collections, and also thinking about the collections from the Pacific. And the latter is where Eve comes in. So I'm going to sort of pass straight over to Eve. So do you want to tell us a bit about your engagement with the, you know, the Aberdeen collections, and indeed the broader Pacific collections in Scotland, and then your place now in Australia, looking over the Pacific?
2: Sure. Thanks, Neil. It's lovely to see everyone here. My name's Eve Haddo. I'll I'd like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners on whose land i'm speaking to you from today i'm in Balimba in queensland and i acknowledge the turbal and jaguar people and their elders past present and emerging at the moment i'm a lecturer and researcher in museum studies at the university of queensland and i also work as a research assistant on a project called archaeology collections an australian south sea islander Lived Identities, and that is a project that's collaborative with University of Queensland, uh, University of Sydney, QUT, which is a university here, and also Queensland Museum. I'm not gonna talk about that project too much today, but I will at the end share a link if you wanna find out more about it. So I guess um, in terms of my involvement with the Aberdeen collection, I first got involved really in 2013, I was employed as a project curator on a project called the Pacific Collections Review, which involved um, Neil Curtis, Pat Allen, Mark Hall, and Chantelle Knowles, who's in New Zealand at the moment, and also Julie Burns, who's partnerships manager at National Museum Scotland. And that was a collaboration between University of Aberdeen, Perth Museum and Art Gallery, Glasgow Museums, National Museum Scotland, and other partners to try and—I and really—it was the four core partners though to explore Pacific material culture in Scottish museums. And then in 2015, at the end of my contract, I ended up coming to Australia to do a PhD. I did finish that in 2020. And part of my PhD focused on collections from Aberdeen University Museum collections, which are from Vanuatu in the Pacific. So I guess in terms of our conversation today though, Neil is the one who first put in the abstract and he wanted to talk a little bit about some of your work in North America which I'm really keen to hear about because we haven't spoken properly for at least a year so maybe you can tell me a bit about that
0: yes thanks yes I mean the the North American collection I think it's an important word I think I probably keep coming back to is about serendipity and long time passing so I say I became responsible for the cultures from across the world while I've been working in Aberdeen. So it wasn't what I applied to work for when I started the job. And in 2002, we had a request from the um, Kainai Nation in Western Canada for the return of an item. And so I didn't really have much or any background in North American culture and either Indigenous or white, I mean, I really just had very little knowledge of North America at all. And so my first contact really with North America was through this request from a First Nation. And that has coloured my whole approach since. that I've now been to the US and Canada a few times, and every time it's been Indigenous-led, has been why I'm, I'm going there. So it's been quite an unusual way of approaching the US and Canada. So... We were asked, first of all, for some information about an item in the collection. And my my first thought then from the conventional museum curator thing was, oh, I'm hanging on to all knowledge. Will we give them a photograph or will that mean they'll want to take the object away? So very quickly, I thought, no, that's just that's unethical. You you just don't do that. So very quickly, we got into a very easy sharing approach to information we have. And I came to learn about the idea that basically what the museum had catalogued as an object was instead a being, it was a gift of the creator, it was sacred, it had, and it was a very different way of looking at objects than the way I'd been trained to do. It also meant that we had to develop a procedure for considering a repatriation request. And for that, I leant heavily on Glasgow's experience with the Ghost Dance Church there's a lot of these connections between people that I think are incredibly important. And I think it's really important when we talk about the word community a lot, I think it's understanding how much museum is a community and understanding that way, not as some sort of professional distant, separate organization. So I'm going just to show a, a, um, a couple of pictures now. So, so this was, after the bundle was returned in a ceremony at the beginning of 2000, well, so July, I think it was 2003. So actually, a fairly speedy thing from the first request coming in August 2002 to it being handed over in 2000, in summer 2003. And then we opened an exhibition at the end of that year about museums and repatriation, where we started looking at things in in the Aberdeen collection, but also in ideas more broadly from around the world. We also displayed the replica ghost dance shirt that we borrowed from Glasgow. The photograph that's the backdrop of this museum poster is a picture of the people who came to take it away um, from Aberdeen. This was actually a posed photograph. The bundle is actually not present. We had quite a, a bit of trying to keep things quiet and you know this was a sacred item that wasn't for publicity and so not for filming and so on and since then there have been a number of other things have come and I'm going to come back maybe to the uh, small collection of I think it's about 10 items they come from the southeast of the USA there we don't know for sure they were collected in the 1760s they're maybe made by the Choctaw, the Cherokee, the Chickasaw, the Muscogee Creek we're not really sure quite who they're affiliated with but they're very important because there's so little that survives from that period so we have twice lent things, once to the Cherokee National Museum and once to the Chickasaw Cultural Centre. And that relationship has grown and they've invited me there and I've taken part in conferences. We've had these two exhibitions and we're now working with them. The, the title of the presentation is Caring and Sharing. That's the title of the current funded project, which is looking at our North American collection, which will with this particular material, we're working jointly with them on the creation of a small website, which is designed for craft workers, so weavers and and beaders, who want to see the details so that, you know, traditions can be rejuvenated, these cultural practices brought back into, into life in the present day. And the particular item you can see on the screen is of real interest because it's an unfinished item. And so... Martha Berry, who is a person who really has brought the tradition back to life, is fascinated by this because you can see it at a midpoint in making something you wouldn't normally see in an object. So I think in a sense, it is an unsettled object in itself. It's, it's yet to be finished. And then finally, this is not so much the museums as at the archaeology department in the university. And they've been working with a community in um, western Alaska Two points I want to make from that. One is that this is a project that was led by that native corporation. They called in the archaeologists from Aberdeen to help them with their project. Now, initially, the material that was excavated was was brought to Aberdeen for conservation and study and then was returned. And so in 2018, when the cultural centre was opened in Quinnahack, While the material was in Aberdeen, we were able to borrow it to display in the University Museum as an exhibition where we were able to display it alongside material in the University collection that had some comparability. And the interpretive material produced for that exhibition was then sent out to Quinehack where it was then put on display. And one of our members of staff went out to Quinehack to work with them to put up that display. So... It's been a really interesting one. It's not led by the objects in the museum collection. It's been led by those connections with people. So I'm going to leave that there for the North American bit and you know, pass back to Eve that mm-hmm. talked about the collections from Vanuatu. Could you say a bit about how you came to get to know them and then also think where are you now in your view of this having you know now been to Vanuatu working far from where those collections are just now.
2: Yeah it's an interesting point actually because now when you're talking about community-led aspects of work I think in some ways the work with the collections from Vanuatu came out of really from that Pacific Collections Review project that we did that came from the museum side. And I've been thinking a lot about slow research. So I feel like this is quite a fitting kind of conversation to be having. There's so much more to go forward with in terms of collections that are elsewhere in the world, You know, that are relate to places so far away from Aberdeen. I'm sort of shifting the conversation a little bit here, that all come together nicely. Um, I'll share a few slides. This is a picture of me and Neil in the stores in May 2013, the first time I went to visit the collections in Aberdeen as part of that Pacific Collections Review project. One of the things that came out of that review was the amount of collections in Scotland that come from Vanuatu which are connected with Scottish missionaries. Subsequently, I ended up kind of exploring that a bit more as part of my PhD research for those of you who aren't aware, <laughs> Vanuatu is an archipelago, it's about just over 80 inhabited islands. Um, it's located 10,000 miles from Glasgow. It's in the Pacific Ocean. It's to the east of Australia and New Caledonia, but to the west of Fiji and Tonga. The material in Aberdeen comes mainly from an island called Espiritu Santo. It's a collection of about 86 artefacts, about 100 photographs and um, some important field notebooks and a journal that were amassed, for want of a better word, by a missionary who worked for the Presbyterian Church in the New Hebrides, which is what Bonato was, was known until um, 1985, the kind of that colonial period until independence in 1985. And so the name of the missionary was Reverend Frederick Gatherer Bowie, And he was in Vanuatu from 1896 to 1933 with his wife, Jeannie. He was born in Orkney and he went to Aberdeen University and did a Master of Arts and then studied medicine for a short period of time before he went out to Vanuatu. So he had this relationship with Aberdeen University and the museum at that late 19th century turn of the 20th century period when the Anatomy Museum, which had ethnographic collections, became... The anthropology museum and part of my research was to look at collections and archives and that side of things but i also spent um a couple of months in on santo island which wasn't arguably too long enough i should be going back for more time but that's where it fell within this kind of more historical research and i spent most of my time in tessariki village so in vanatu they have a cultural center in their capital, Port Vila, on a different island, on Ifati Island, and they also have a system of cultural centre field workers, and that's been going since 1981. is an amazing system whereby local men and women from different villages and communities and islands volunteer time to document and work towards reviving local knowledge and practices and things in their areas, and often they work with visiting researchers so it just so happened that the person who I met in on Santos from Tassariki village and that is where Bowie had built this outstation for the mission and one of the stories that kind of quickly came out of that was that you know all this mission history talks about Bowie setting up a mission there but actually in the village there the person who's seen locally is doing that is someone called Lulu Varkiki which he features a, one of only two named people in Bowie's photograph collection in Aberdeen and all the caption says is Lulu Tassariki and you know we didn't really know anything about him but from being able to have the opportunity to follow that thread of research to Tassariki we've been able to find much more about him and also you know it's very important image for community because it's an image of this person who brought the church there and and is very important in their own history. And I guess I was reflecting on the fact that photos can be unsettled objects too, you know, they can have these, a scribbled name or a scribbled place and we often see these faces looking back at us from the archives and we have no idea who they are. They might be far from home and actually being able to kind of connect who Lulu is with the story, the very important story of him locally in Tasariki. For me that was a really important part of the research I was doing and I guess just to kind of talk a little bit more about objects before maybe I hand over to Neil. Um, another of the really important kind of contemporary stories that came out of doing this field work and being able to connect with people through the local field worker was some of the collections that Bowie made of pottery. And actually much of the pottery he collected is now in Dunedin in Aotearoa, New Zealand. But there is this one pot in Aberdeen Women there still make pottery. It's a really important, without tourists, I'm not sure how this is going, but it's an important way that they can make money. Um, it's also something that's still exchanged. It's part of a, a long standing exchange system and definitely it's changed today, but there's still connections there with inland villages and things like that through pottery. So this particular pot is in Aberdeen and women were able to talk about the different designs that were represented. There was also other stories that came out of talking about some of the pottery patterns, some of which aren't made anymore, or like ladies talked about hearing of the pattern, but not knowing how to make them because that that knowledge had been lost. And there was definitely stories that I wasn't privy to about some of the patterns. So it became this quite important record that we didn't really know was an important record, you know, because these pots have been in Dunedin and Aberdeen and people haven't been able to come and visit them because they're so far from home but yeah it's this this important aspect of these unsettled objects that sometimes people don't actually know that they're where they are and actually being able to to work with community both through them coming to the museum but also through us going out into the field can open up some of these relationships I mean Neil do you feel like you've had a chance to Open new relationships through some of these repatriation projects, for example.
0: I mean, definitely yes, I and mean, I think this is what is so much been about is about you know building trust, building relationships, and that you know it is so much is something that can form. But I'm thinking back to two things when you were seeing those images, the the pottery was so reminding me of the beadwork, and things that as a curator I was completely ignorant of both in a sense what it represented, but also what it meant and the potential for that. And so I think what's been really important is that responsibility shifting towards away from the curator. The curator becomes more of a facilitator to use those things as they feel is right. So I think the, the relationship that is forming with the Choctaw, the Chickasaw and the, the Cherokee is really striking because that's taking, that's over quite a few years now. It's been growing and ideas are coming from them. And so the idea that they're not talking just now about repatriation, they're talking about rejuvenation. So people being able to look at images of, of these items at home is much more important than where they are physically in the world so we're trying just to co-curate that and paradoxically i think with the repatriation of the sacred bundle yes i got to know people but and occasionally i meet people i think there's other Alison brown in the university here works a lot with the Kainai and other blackfoot speaking people but i don't have much contact and i think that's something that relationships have to be natural Those people, they are still very, very present to me. The relationship still exists in my mind. And I know, you know, I I believe in their minds as well. For example, when the bundle was returned and it's danced as a, a headdress at the Sundance and the man who became the keeper of that bundle sent me his measurements so that I could get a Bonnie Prince Charlie kilt jacket made so that when he dances the headdress he's wearing that kilt jacket as you know a reminder of the time that that bundle spent in Aberdeen and I think it's a bit the bundle it chose to leave maybe Mm. it chose to come to Aberdeen that's not the curatorial way of looking at it but it's no less real and so those connections those relationships I don't I'm very wary of museums trying to use um, objects to create instrumental relationships that the outcome of a good repatriation is a relationship that you can write about and curate you know it's about human connections Um, and Mm. so that's what all these different examples we've been giving are about they're messy they're complicated they evolve they develop and that's what I found most satisfying personally is being able to enable people to create the relationships they want both with people and with with the objects this feeling we've got of digital connection does this offer you know increased opportunities for connection or is it all a bit of a 2d digital pretense Mm. I don't know
2: I don't know I think potentially I think there's really very real issues with simple things like access to internet that people take for granted perhaps if you haven't experienced how remote certain places are and you know how much data is involved like I know a lot of people talking about creating 3D objects and images which is fantastic but actually you know the amount of data that it takes to like download a Sketchfab image or something like that is actually quite incredible so yeah I, I think that the exciting thing about us kind of being more kind of in this digital world means that we do have opportunities to have certain conversations but also it can be a patch for actually having physical communication inviting people into the museum because my kind of feeling is we've come a long way but we've got so much further to go and in order to do that we need to be thinking about how do we challenge the way we work with objects like the way that we work with indigenous knowledges and how that feeds into like things like collections care and curation and things so just using digital collections isn't—I don't think—going to fix that, but it can offer opportunities.
1: I'm just going to mention that there was uh, there were four people in this team, mm-hmm. five actually. Three mm-hmm. museums: it was the National Museums of Scotland, Glasgow Museums, Aberdeen, mm-hmm. and Perth. And we have Mark Hall here.
3: I think the project that we all worked on had immense value and it continues to resonate for us, particularly in the context of the new museum that's been developed for Perth. And one of the areas of display that will be in there is is some of the uh, World Cultures material that we have. I mean, we have a massive history uh, in the collection of this material. We have some of of the earliest collected material, particularly from the Pacific and the Northwest Coast. But it's mostly well; it was on display a lot during the 19th century when it was still very colonial, if I can put it that way. Most of the 20th century uh, and into the present century, it's been in storage. But well-consulted by researchers from across the globe. We're trying to enter into arrangements with both the Maori, which is much more developed, and peoples of the northwest coast, so that they are, in effect, co-curators and actually leaders of the interpretation of what we want to put on display in those two areas. And as I say, the Maori aspect is much more developed. We have the only example of a kahu kakapo feather cloak in existence. And that's about to go down to the British Museum for conservation through our Maori advisor, Afina Tamarpa. There's all sorts of ceremonies that are going to be brilliant around that. to wish it on its journey to London and to welcome it back from London when it comes here. And so there's a whole, we have a whole kind of, host of collaborative things in the pipeline we have some very colonially unsettled objects and one of the things we want to confront in the new displays is that colonial past but Mm -hmm. also not just that we want it to be about what those originating communities feel about these objects not Mm. how it just reflects our history I
1: have a problem with the definition of curator or being a curator I'm not sure what that is I find it hard to explain but uh, and if you're working with the collections that we do which is nowadays described as world cultures and they're inherited largely from our colonial past I guess how can we be experts in other people's cultures? Um, Mm. I still have relationships through field work through repatriation I agree with you Neil why should we assume that there will be a positive relationship out of a repatriation We're giving back something that is not rightfully ours. And uh, we're lucky if these relationships develop. Thank you very much,
2: Neil and Eve. And I'm sorry I dragged you into it, Mark.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast of the UNESCO Chair in Refugee Integration Through Languages and Arts, a podcast series to make you think More information about work can be found on the website of the University of Glasgow, www.gla.ac.uk. Thank you very much.